Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. I'm going to give you about five points on how to access the covenant benefit. And what I want you to remember is that I mentioned to you that there is a difference between the covenant and the will. You remember? And we agree that the covenant was given to us by God and the will was given to us by Jesus. So in my trying to explain the covenant from God, that took us two hours. Somebody said, Holy Spirit, help me. Let me show you one scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1 to 5, TPT. Let's see Paul's mindset or the ministry that Paul had. What was it all about? It, it's amazing. I was telling mommy when we were coming that, you know we call everybody who is a preacher a man of God, isn't it? Hmm. But I'm doing my check in the New Testament and I have not seen so far the apostles and the disciples called men of God. You, you see, I'm giving you something to think about. A man of God was called in the Old Testament. So you must understand why was he called like that in the Old Testament? Why did Paul not say, I am a man of God? He said, Paul, an apostle and a servant of Jesus. So what is the difference? It's something um, is cooking. So get ready. See, once we get to know the truth, then you move according to the truth. Because the fact that everybody is saying you are a man of God. Now look at Paul. He says that now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this what? New covenant ministry. So Paul's ministry was about the new covenant. Can you see that? The whole New Testament is about the covenant. You cannot teach any other thing but the covenant. And when you talk about the covenant, you'll be talking about the grace. When you talk about the grace, you'll be talking about the gospel. So Paul says that now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege, with the privilege, privilege of this new covenant ministry, new covenant ministry. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. Amazing. Can you see Paul's words? He said, we will not quit because Jesus has entrusted a ministry of covenant to him. He said, we will not quit 
or faint with weariness. Somebody had a dream and shared it with me and said, I was preaching somewhere and it was like somebody was in the mud. And where I was standing, by the time the person realized I had dived into the mud, holding the person and praying. <laughs> I laughed. I, I said, you have seen well. The person must come out of the mud. If the person won't come, we must go there, speak the gospel and the person must come out of the mud. We can't quit. Nor be wary. Amazing. Verse 2. Then he said, we reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to cunning trickery or distorting the word of God. We will not distort the word of God. It is a message that has been entrusted. We can't distort it. Instead, we open up our souls to you by presenting the truth to everyone's conscience in the sight and in the presence of God. What does it mean? As I'm teaching you the word of God here, the sight and the presence of God are present. Now remember, he has given you, always see ministry as like company that you have been employed as the managing director. The shareholders have their eyes on you. You cannot take some decisions except the board of directors would sign and agree. So you see, in teaching this gospel, there are some things we cannot say just because our mind thinks so. We need approval from the board of directors. They are three in one. We need approval from the father. We need approval from the son. We need approval from the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, you will distort the word. You will cause people to, to trample. Alright, verse 3. Even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled to those who are perishing. For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age. The God of this age. The Lord was sharing something with me this afternoon. Now, the God of this age is now bringing everything money into the system. Everything money. Hmm. The earlier we lay hold on what we have and stand. Because there's a possibility. Because everybody's looking for money. Everyone. So let's be careful. Because there is a God of this age. This time. This age. Okay? And what, what does he do? He blinds the minds of people. So instead of allowing the devil to blind your mind, let the word rather renew your mind and live above situations. Now the reason why I'm sharing with you the benefits of this covenant because when you access the covenant, right, you will gain things to yourself that you don't need to depend on anybody or the devil for. But if you cannot access it, you will think God cannot give. Think about it again and again. How do you think Satan can give to his people? And God cannot give to his people. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Who created who? The devil has never created anything. However, he is able to give. How much more the God of all creation? Is he not able to give? But you see, Satan does not give things to his people just like that. There are conditions that they must fulfill. But his people are able to take their time and fulfill those conditions. 
in the same way, God is not a wicked God. The world is just spiritual. And you have been living in the flesh for a long time until you became born again. So you need to learn how to now operate in the things of the spirit. That is why we teach the word of God. So if you understand the things of the spirit, then you can now maneuver your way to the spirit and get things that are given. There is nothing physical that is given by physical means. Every physical thing emanated from the spirit. Everything. Everything. Amen. Amen. He said, their, their blindness keeps them from seeing day spring light from the gospel. From the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is div the divine image of God? Go on, last one. We don't preach ourselves. We don't what? Preach ourselves. But rather, the lordship of Jesus Christ. For we are your servants for Jesus' sake. I love this. We don't preach ourselves. We have a mandate. We have a ministry to preach the gospel of Jesus. Are you with me? Yes, so now, five things to note. This is what the Spirit of God guided me to. On how to access the covenant benefits. One, is to understand the word of grace. Is to understand the word of grace. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. He says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. To the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Now, this portion of scripture captures the totality of salvation. Okay? Hmm. What does it mean? Now, the word of his grace. Go to verse 24 of this same chapter. Paul mentioned something there. He said, but none of these things move me. Neither count I myself, my, my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. The ministry Look at it again. The ministry which what I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. This is amazing. But none of these things move me. When you go back to, to look at what he was talking about. But Paul said that nothing will move him. And you see, he will not count his life dear to himself. Let me explain it. When you become born again, I told you, you don't have a life any longer. Yes, your life belongs to, your life is with Jesus. Yes, In other words, the one who worries and cherishes your life is him. So you don't have any life here to worry about. On, on the earth, you are not supposed to worry about your life. On the earth, you only worry about the assignment you have been given. Yes, so Jesus worries about your life. You worry about the assignment. What is it? If you worry about your life, you cannot carry on the assignment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
You worry about your life, you will not be able to continue the assignment. So he said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So that I might, so that I might, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord. We just read 2 Corinthians and he said that he has received a ministry from Jesus. You remember? Now he's saying the same thing here again. He has received a message, uh, you know, a ministry from, from the Lord Jesus and he wants to finish it. What is that ministry? The gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the grace. The gospel of the grace. What does he mean? Gospel in the Greek means the good news. The too good to be true news. So he's saying that to testify the good news of the grace. So what we talk about is the grace. That it is good news to all mankind. It is good news to all men. Can you see this? Hmm. In other words, the too good to be true news. Too good to be true. Listen. Sometimes some people will say, oh, I've been called into deliverance ministry. I've been called into prophetic ministry. We have been called to the message of grace. Now, in the message of grace, we exercise the giftings associated with the call. Prophetic ministry does not come first. Deliverance ministry does not come first. Any other ministry does not come first. Otherwise, you are not born again. Remember, the born agains have a focus. And our mandate is to go out there and tell the world about the grace of God. That's all? That's all. So, to testify. Show me TPT, let me see. But whether I live or die, it's not important. Jesus, can you say this? Oh, but whether I live or die is not important. For I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me. Which is to faithfully, faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. Oh, thank God. Now you've seen one thing here that can stop you from fulfilling your mandate. Your life. Your life. You worry about your life. What will I eat? What will I wear? Eh, I don't have this. Eh, eh, eh. You keep being at one place, not fulfilling. Let Jesus worry about your life. He cares so much about your life. You to worry about the assignment. How am I going to f- make this assignment be? Because at the end of the day, you are not going to be judged be- be- before the great, uh, the, uh, the white throne about your life. You will be judged according to the work. He said, behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to each one according to his life. It works. It's work. You know, the work, we work the word. We work the message of grace. We work it out. It's not easy to preach the message of grace, though. Because people will not believe. Didn't you see what we, the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So they will not see and embrace what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. So they know what you are saying is right, but they don't believe. If you don't go and preach, you won't understand what I'm saying. They know that, um, it's true, you're making sense. Mm. But they don't believe. It's work. You must come home and pray. 
supplicate. Deal with the spirit of disobedience. This thing must be over and over. You do it until one day the person bobs up like that. It's work. Can you see that? Hmm. All right. So now Paul spoke here. The essence of his call was to preach the wonderful news of God's grace. The wonderful news of what? God's grace. Then in the, in the verse 32, he said, Now I commend you. I entrust you to God and to what? The word of his grace. To the word of his grace. What is the word of his grace? The message of his grace. What is the message of his grace? He defined it in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. For it is the power of God. Unto what? Salvation. Hmm. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. Hold on here. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now you understand why he's not, he's not ashamed? A man that doesn't count his own life. Whether he dies or not, he's, he's ashamed of what? It is only when you count your life dear that you think you are ashamed. He's not ashamed. Even when he was standing before Agrippa, he wanted to speak the gospel and change. He said, hey, Papa, I know you. You every opportunity you want to. Now, Paul is saying that this gospel is a container of the power of God that gives out salvation. Because the grace of God is the revealing of Jesus. Salvation. Now, the reason I want to emphasize on the word power of God is because I will show you something in the verse 32. Now, the grace message or the gospel has power to do three things. It has power to bring human beings to the faith. The grace. Remember, when you are preaching the gospel of Jesus, human faith cannot accept the message. They need the faith of the Son of God. You were saved by the faith of the Son of God. Is that what the Bible said? Yes. Galatians chapter 2. It said you were saved by the faith. You were not saved by your human faith. Hmm. You were saved by the faith of the Son of God. So, the gospel brings men to the faith. So, as you teach the word of God, it brings people, they hear the word of God, they hear Jesus, they hear his love, they hear his mercy. You know, just, just in person, it's just, it's just running through my mind and my eyes. So, let me say it and get it out of the way. The grace is ascribed to sin, you see. Mercy is ascribed to the misery of men. Mercy has nothing to do with sin. Mercy has any, everything to do with how miserable men are. That is why when you become born again, you just need to watch when you are asking God for mercy. Before you receive mercy, he said, come to the throne of grace first. It's not like the Old Testament where they needed mercy raw. So today, you know, I see it around. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy. You are not that kind of a person any longer. He said, come to the throne of grace. And then you do what? Then you obtain mercy. In fact, the original translation said, then you kiss mercy. Or mercy kisses you. What does it mean? Mercy is already waiting. You are not even asking for God. Once you, en- once you encounter grace, there is mercy. 
Can you see that? Look at it. So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss. In other words, mercy is already mm. mercy wants to kiss. But you have the Old Testament mentality. Oh Lord, have mercy. Say, hey, come boldly. Say, come for it. In the Old Testament, they had to wait for mercy to come. So what if mercy doesn't come? He said, and discover the grace. We urgently need to strengthen us in time of our weakness. In other words, what caused you to come to the throne of grace for that mercy? You are now receiving grace to embolden you and to help you so that you don't repeat that again. That is why when somebody is found in sin, you don't preach condemnation. You preach the message of grace to them. When they come to the throne of grace, trust me, they will receive mercy. Then they will be strengthened. They won't repeat it again. Because now they will find the grace. So when it happens again, they would not. The grace. Mercy wants to kiss you. You are there. Now let Father have mercy. Somebody shout grace. Look, it has been enthroned. Grace has been enthroned. Christ is talking about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus wants to kiss you. You are here. I don't know. Hmm? Say, come, come. Look at the statement. Freely and boldly. Freely and boldly. If he wants to hit you, he won't say come freely. There will be some criteria for you to come through. Sometimes we think we need to do a lot of things to receive God's mercy. The Old Testament life boys, they are Charlie. Those boys are not us. We are the new boys, you know. <laughs> we are the new boys. What they suffer to get, we have so freely. Once you find the message of grace, everything is in there. You see, mercy is for miserable people. But the believer is not a miserable person. If you are miserable, Jesus is miserable. Because you are a son in the son. You are a son in the son Christ. If any man be in. So if you are miserable, where you belong is miserable. Because he is still your qualification. His righteousness is what you have. His justification is what you have. His faith is what you have. Everything he has is what you have. So if I'm miserable, Christ is miserable. But God forbid. He is the glorious Jesus. He is the dazzling, the radiant, dazzling radiance. The effulgence of his glory. That is who Jesus is. And that is who, that is who you are. Somebody shout, I'm not miserable. Alright, where was I? Grace, eh? Yes. So you see, Romans 1 16, right? So the grace of God or the gospel has an inherent power. And that power, one, like I said, it brings men to the faith. Now, when it brings men to the faith, it doesn't leave them there, it builds them up. It builds them up. Is it First Peter 2 2? 
He said, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. See, the word of God causes you to grow. It builds you up. When the word says it builds you up, it means growth. It gives you growth. The more you hear the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the more you grow, the more you grow, the more you grow to a young man, from a baby to a young man and then to a, a matured man. If you can speak in tongues plenty, it doesn't mean you are, you are, you are a matured man. Oh. I tell you, there are a lot of pastors who are babies. The measurement and the standard of your babyhood is not the big tongues you can speak because we don't even understand It is how much the word has had impact in you. And you begin to walk the life of the word. That is, that's, what, that's what speaks of your maturity. Maturity is not in, you know, you can prophesy, you can, you can talk plenty. People can follow you, but you are still a baby. Hmm. Can you see this? Because there are three levels. Babies, young men, fathers. If you see anybody that likes to fight the devil too much, he's a young man. I'm not, I'm not the one who said it. That's what the Bible said. The fathers, the matured, they know they have overcome the devil already. All they worry about is the mysteries of God. Can I show you? First John 2, I think 12. Please don't go out there and go and tell somebody say you, you are a baby. Man of God, you are, please, oh, I'm only sharing with you. <laughs> Alright, now, the first group. I write unto you, little children. You see the first group? Because your sins are forgiven. Children are ascribed with sin. If you're looking for a born again that sins a lot, he's a baby. He's a child. You see? And look at, look at babies at home. You say sit here. Don't put your hand in there. You, when you come back from the office and there is paint in on your curtains, on your curtains, please will you go and call your husband or wife? You know it's Kwame. You know, you know. So you see, some people wonder and say, why do we have Christians who still sin and etc.? It's because you are not feeding them the word of grace. Feed them the word of grace. They will grow. They will stop the sin. Instead of condemning them and saying all kinds of things, you are actually empowering sin. Feed them the word of grace. You can't kill them. You can't beat them. You can't do anything. You can only teach them the word of grace. Now, because the Bible says the word of grace causes you to what? To be built up. Can you see this? So, so this is the first group. Uh-huh, go on. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him. Ye have what? Who is he talking about? The fathers. Now, when he got to the fathers, he said, ye have known him from the beginning. Who is he that they have known from the beginning? Go to chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, this is who he's talking about, (laughs) which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon with our eyes, and our hands have handled of the word of life. 
So what the fathers do is that they have their gaze, their thought, their emotions, everything on the word of life. Now here, the Bible never said the word of God. It said the word of life. Fathers who are mature, they move from the level of just knowing that the word of God is just the word of God to the one that carries life. You see the difference here? That is why these guys don't worry about the devil because they know the devil is a defeated foe. If you give a father one hour to pray, 59 minutes he will be talking to God about beautiful things. One minute he will cast the devil out. If you give a baby one hour, one minute he will praise God. 59 minutes he will fight the devil. You see the difference here? Okay. So I write unto you fathers because you have known him. That is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. See the fight is for the young man. I write unto you little children because ye have known the father. Then go on. Of course, children are always by father, right? The father is saying, hey, stop this. You know, why if you're a young man, they won't say, Oh, stop it. Say, Stop it. I'm in Ghana. When Joshua was a baby, I would be like, Hey, Joshua, stop it. But now I don't I say, Stop it. <laughs> now look at it. I have written, now look at young men again. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have. Can you see this? So you see, there are levels. Right now, Charlie, when you say God, and the devil is shouting, and the devil is fleeing and running away. You say, in the name of Jesus, you are in the young man level. But you must grow. When you grow, didn't you see Jesus' life? There was only once he said, here cometh the devil, but he has nothing. He never worried himself about the devil. All he worried himself about was the gospel of Jesus. And the Bible says, as Jesus was preaching the word, the power of God was available to heal the sick. As Jesus was preaching, somebody with sickness would begin to shake in there. There was no time for healing service. Because the fathers have come to dispense life. And wherever there is death, that's it. We are dispensers of life. You have a meeting every time. You are fighting the devil every time. You are fighting the devil. It's okay. It's not bad. It's young men. I know the level. Go back to Romans. Alright. The word of God carries that power for men to be saved. So one, it brings men to the faith. And then two, it builds them up. And then three, it gives them inheritance. You see that thing? Uh-huh. Okay. Now look at Luke chapter 1 verse 37. King James. Luke says something there. Amazing. You'll love it. He said, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Show me amplified. For with God nothing is ever impossible and no word from God. That's what I want to when I searched the Hebrew, the Greek, it was in relation to the word of God. It was in relation to the word of God. Can you see this? He said, nothing ever, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Look, look, look at it. He said, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. One. One. 
and no word from God shall be without power. No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Hey! No word of God, from God, from God shall be without power. You see, that is what I tell you. When you, people think when you teach the word of God, there is no power. They think it is people, you know, that move in the power, you know, the power drama. There was a a man that I listened to on TV. He said sometimes the way Christians do their thing is no different from fetish. Let me explain. It's true. So that we think we might fire, fire, fire. Before, you know, you charge up. No. 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 As I'm teaching the word of God, if there is a devil anywhere, with anyone as the message goes on he leaves sicknesses leaves people are free from the word why because the word unless i'm teaching something else if if and only if i'm teaching the message of grace the gospel the bible says that it has power and it fulfills the agenda didn't you in the Old Testament? He said, when the word of God proceeds from him, it does not come back void. It goes to fulfill the purpose for which the word went. Can you see that? For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power. And impossible of fulfillment. So as you, are be- you begin to tell yourself, oh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You are not just muttering words. You are releasing words of power. You realize that now inside of you, if you say it over time, you realize that something is building inside of you. You realize there's some energy. Why? Because the word of God has something called dunamis. Inherent power. Dynamite. Do you know what dynamite can do? You have no idea what the word of God can do. As you think you are just talking, but behind the scenes, there is an inherent power, the dynamite, dynamo, within the word of God. It can pull anything down. Greater is he that is in me. If it is in the word of God, guy, it is without no word. It is with power. And it is possible for fulfillment. Can you see this? That is why you must be quoting the word of God. We'll get there. You must be speaking for the word of God. Confess the word of God. Oh, I am born from above and I'm above all. In the name of Jesus, I am above all. Do you know what you are saying? If there is anything that wants to keep you down there, the dynamite power pulls it down. Boom. Go back to Acts chapter 2032. I will show you a word that means dynamo. He said, for I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Then he said, which is able to. The word able is the word dynamite. 
From the root word dynamos. Which is able to build you up. What it means that it has every inherent power. Power is inside. And it is able to. Oh, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power. The gospel has power. To cause men to be saved. When you preach the gospel. Satan can't hold the people back. Because there is power. There is inherent. So what can you do? As you speak the message of. As you are hearing me right now. Abba. There is a stirring inside of you. There is a stirring inside of you. There is a stirring. There is a stirring. At a point in time, you are listening to me. Something will come out of your mouth. You begin to say, oh, glory. You begin to say something. Oh, greater is he that is him. You know, you, something will come out of your mouth. You have released some word that is inherent of power. It's called dynamo. Can you see that? So you must understand the message of grace. Very important. If, to work in the covenant, you must understand the message of grace. It carries power. They are not empty words. Hmm. Go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Okay. So he said, Oh foolish Galatians who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth. Crucified among you. Uh huh. He said, This only will I learn of you. Received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain, he therefore that ministered to you the spirit. We don't catch it here. Let's do TPT from verse 1. Oh, Galatas. <laughs> now you're asking yourself, what happened? What has happened to you, foolish Galatians? Who has put you under an evil spell? Did God not open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion? Was he not revealed to you as the crucified one? Now here he's talking about the legal document. Probate. Verse 2. So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for keeping Jewish laws? No. You received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. As a gift. If you keep asking people for gift, you're not normal. People must give you gift out of their own heart. So when it's your birthday, stop asking, it's my birthday, or do you have any gift? See, a gift must be obtained without work. So stop reminding them and stop telling them. Let them, let them. Because if you ask them, you have worked. It's not nice. It's not even like a gift. Like it's like you you force me and I'm, I got you a gift. So so mujie, you know. That is why grace is called unmerited favor. It's not something you deserved, but it was given you. So it's a gift. 
The Holy Ghost is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Jesus is a gift to the church. You have received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. He's the reason we got a gift. Go on. Your new life began when the Holy Spirit gave you new birth. See, the Holy Ghost gave birth to you. The Holy Ghost is your father. Why then would you foolishly turn from the living, from living in the spirit by trying to finish on your own work? You have endured so many trials and persecution for nothing. Let me ask you again. What does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws? The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and the power of faith. We receive the Holy Ghost by faith. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayman 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny Hyphen L. Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting print and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to leave from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.